0: So if you're ready to have more time, money, and energy to do what makes you happy and really live life, you are in the right place. Let's build your million-dollar side hustle. Welcome back to the Your Million Dollar Side Hustle podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Alex Batdorf of the Get Shit Done podcast, and we had such a great conversation that I wanted to share it here with you too. This is all about how to use paid ads to scale to seven figures. In our conversation, we talk about the key to having success with paid ads, when the right time is to invest in them, how to build and optimize your conversion funnel to acquire customers, what specifically you need to do to get a high ROI when using paid ads, and how to set realistic benchmarks when you invest in paid advertising. I really hope you enjoy this episode and our conversation, and let's dive in.
1: Welcome back to the Get Shit Done
0: Podcast,
1: friends. I'm your host, Alex Batdorf, aka Chief Get Shit Done Officer. Today, my guest is Anna Conchar, founder of her namesake company that has generated a million per year for the last four years. Now, Anna's company helps millennial women who are like, fuck corporate America, I want to run my own show, but... I don't want to be a slave to the toxic hustle and grind. Now, how in the hell does she do this? She helps people build online courses based on their expertise. I'm sure you've seen a lot of online courses popping up. And Anna's company is helping people get it done. What I love about Anna's story is that she is the definition of scaling on your own terms. She built a scalable business while having two children and now only works two days a week. Now, I'm sure you've heard things like the four hour work week, and you're like, that sounds fine and dandy, but that is not a reality for me. I'm already working all the time, and I just can't imagine getting it down to two days. But look, here's the problem startup culture glamorizes 80 hour work weeks. And honestly, if that's you, first things first, are you okay? Because The amount of hours you work does not guarantee success if you're not actually focusing on the things in the business that are going to help you grow. And what we see often is founders are doing a lot of busy work. We built Get Shit Done to support women entrepreneurs in scaling generational impact by growing successful companies on their own terms. And in order to do that, you really have to work towards the end goal that's in alignment with what you want your business to look like. For some, that's going to be billion-dollar businesses. But for most, I mean, the majority, vast majority, like 99.9%, that's going to be a few million and just as valuable. And look at here, 1 million is a pretty damn good benchmark to be shooting for given the fact that only 1.7% of women entrepreneurs have Ever scaled to a million and beyond. I'm grateful I've done it and that I can bring incredible women like Anna who have also done it too to share their experiences and give you the insights you need to see what path is best for you in scaling and how to get it done. So, in this episode, Anna's gonna break down how she built her million dollar company and works two days a week by teaching you how she leveraged Facebook ads from the start to scale where she is today. And if you're an OG listener, you already know, I am not the biggest fan of paid ads, especially in the early stages. What we've heard on this podcast for most of the entrepreneurs that have successfully scaled beyond a million is that most don't even start investing until year three or four or even at all. So, Anna's going to give you insights into when and who this is best for. She's going to break down the playbook. And y'all, I ain't playing when I say she breaks it down. She walks you through how to set up the experience, what's put in the ad, how to think about your conversion funnel and the KPIs to benchmark so you know that you're on the right path. And more importantly, she'll let you know who ads are best for and when to utilize them. So buckle on up, babe. We are going to shower you with yet another masterclass on traction and how you can get it done and grow. And while you prepare for that drip, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. Seriously, pause right now. Actually, pause in a moment. It only takes a few seconds. And here's why this is really important. When you rate and review, this tells platforms like Apple that we are helping you, then their algorithms will show us to more entrepreneurs like you that we can support and scaling impact with weekly. We're not just saying it to say it, it truly is game changing. So pause now and rate and review. And if you're looking to join a movement of founders and growth allies gaining traction, getting shit done, and scaling generational impact together as a community, head on over to SheGetShitDone.com slash join. And never forget, friends, fuck 4%. Women own nearly half of businesses, but only generate 4% of total revenues. That ends here with our movement. And without further ado, Queen Anna Conchar.
0: Anna, welcome to Get Shit Done. Hi, I am so excited to be here today.
1: She has these wonderful plants behind her, for those of you that aren't watching the recording. Um, also, one of my favorite things before we press record, um, obviously on this podcast, we care about diversity and voices, um, and one of those things that we leave out often in entrepreneurship is diversity and geography, because we talk so much about Silicon Valley, or New York, or Austin, or Miami, and you are in... Iowa. We're in Iowa. I am. I'm in the Des Moines area. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Representing. So we're going to have a fun conversation today about the incredible business she's built. But before we dive into that, one of my favorite things to do is check in. Um, so I think you can describe in one word how you're feeling in the business in this moment because it could obviously change in like 30 minutes. What would that one word be?
0: I am very excited right now because I just wrapped up our 2023 planning meeting with my operations manager yesterday, and we have some big things planned for this coming year. So that is making me feel very excited about the business in the future.
1: I love it. I'm sure we'll dive into some of those exciting things a little later, um, but I want to learn a little bit more about you um and give a little context i think sometimes we will look at other people's journeys and say i want to get there but sometimes we're not very familiar with the tools or the context and how they got to where they are and maybe why they were able to catapult a little faster than we are or you know whatever you might be thinking the comparison game is killer so we love to add context here so can you take us back to what you were doing before you started this business
0: Yes, absolutely. So my entire background professionally is in advertising and marketing. So after undergrad, I worked in advertising agencies for a few years, decided that my calling in life was to be a CPG brand manager. So I went back to school. Oh, I love it. I made my- it's <laughs> kind of hurt. like...
1: It's a well sought after career, especially for like MBA students. It's yeah. it's competitive.
0: Yes. So I decided that's what I wanted to be when I grew up, I guess. And I went back to get my MBA six week six weeks into my MBA program, I landed a CPG brand management internship. And the summer between my year one and year two. I was in my internship and I realized like three weeks in, this is absolutely not what I want to do. I hate corporate life. Uh, and then also that summer, my dad passed away unexpectedly during my internship, which anytime you have anything like that in your life happen, it kind of makes you reevaluate everything that you are doing. And I finished the program. I basically pulled my resume from all of the jobs that I had applied for because I did not want to work in the corporate space at all. And with my dad passing, I realized I didn't want to spend my life in a cubicle making other people money. So what else was I supposed to do? I had no real job when I graduated and I didn't have a business. So I but I knew I wanted to make some sort of positive impact. So I actually went into political consulting uh, and worked in politics for a few years, running the digital marketing campaigns for political candidates. So like gubernatorial races, senators, and that really changed the trajectory that I was on because I learned everything there is about Facebook and Instagram ads YouTube ads, Google search ads, building email lists, uh, sales funnels, all that kind of stuff. But while I was in that space, I was working 24-7, <laughs> as you can imagine. And again, I kind of came to this pivotal point where I was like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, and I don't want my entire life to be about work. So how can I use these skills that I have and translate them in a way that gives me the life that I want to have. So I thought, you know, what do I really enjoy? I really enjoy marketing, not necessarily the politics of it, but the marketing aspect of it. And I also really, really enjoy helping small and local businesses. So I started out just my business as a side hustle, running Facebook and Instagram ads for small and local businesses. And I did that in 2016. I grew that side hustle, which is really more like a freelancing business to six figures in less than two years while I was still working in politics. And then I really realized, you know, one on one services are not very scalable unless you build a team. Uh, and that's. Not something I wanted because again, the whole reason why I wanted to start my business was to have a specific lifestyle. And that's when I kind of learned about the online education space and really leaned into creating my own online courses and memberships and helping by teaching instead of doing. And that's what I focus on now. So I'm an online business coach who helps other people turn their skills and passions into an online course or membership that can make them passive income every single day like I do.
1: I love it. You remind me of a friend Danielle Leslie. So I I love that course from scratch. So let's I would love to kind of figure out let's let's start at, you know, when we started the business, right? So when did you start this business? What year was it? So I started
0: it in 2016.
1: Okay. So 2016 and you were like, okay, I know that my skill sets are in digital marketing. I want to help local businesses. How did you get clear on who was the ideal, right? So something we always talk with our tribe about is, you know, who's your hell yes customer? Because it's so easy when you're getting started. Like you can get these templates online about your ideal customer profile and the examples they give are really like what big corporates like the CPG brands will use. And you can't apply that to a small business because these big are these big CPG brands are multi-billion dollar companies that serve so many different types per year. But smaller startups, that's not the case. And you really want to hone in on a specific type. And even under small business, like I think in the U.S., you're considered small if you're under like 20 million. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, like that means everybody's a small business. So how did you really hone in on,
0: here's who we're going to serve? Yeah. So honestly, it was trial and error. So when I got started, I was just kind of sharing and reaching out to businesses that I think, thought could benefit from using Facebook and Instagram ads to grow their businesses. And through that, I learned that specific types of businesses, it worked really well for or different types of businesses valued it more. But really, it was just trial and error when it came to my one-on-one services. Now, when I went into kind of the more online education space and building out courses and memberships, I knew that I wanted to use Facebook and Instagram ads to Generate leads and grow my business because I had seen how well that worked for some of my clients. And also because I had a lot of experience in it. So I was very comfortable investing money into Facebook and Instagram ads, knowing that I was going to make a sale from it. Now, as far as finding like my ideal audience, what I actually do is I use Facebook and Instagram ads now for me and my clients to test out ideas. Almost kind of like a focus group, right? So, like in the CPG space, you would, we would have focus groups where you would have five people in a room and you get all their feedback and you listen to them. And I think that we're taught this a lot. Like we're taught, ask your audience or ask your email list or, you know, talk to your network. But the problem is, is that that's a really small group. And sometimes the loudest voice in that small group can point you in a very wrong direction. Completely wrong. And the one thing,
1: and I would love, I'm, I'm going to ask you this yeah. a little later, is yeah. it's so interesting because the loudest people might say that they want a certain thing, but a lot of consumers will say they want something, but that doesn't actually mean they'll go for it, that they'll mm-hmm. buy it, that they'll make the move, that they'll take the action. So I love that you pointed that
0: out. Yeah, so that's something that I definitely have learned in this business journey. And what I now do is run tests using Facebook and Instagram ads, putting together like an offer idea or messaging, thinking about different audiences this uh, would appeal to, and then honestly spending a few hundred dollars putting those ideas in front of thousands of people using Facebook and Instagram ads And basically getting feedback and surveying that way. So I know that when I'm building something out, that there is a high demand for it and that people value it before I even build it and without, you know, going and asking this small core of people who might not even be who my ideal customer is anyways. Mm -hmm. I love this. I want to dive into this, especially
1: around the research, because to your point, it's you know, sometimes you don't have enough people in your network to really do focus groups. And to your point, it might have some like biases in the, in the data. So you're saying if you want to, for the founders listening in, if you want to do a test yourself, then you can spend a couple hundred dollars on it. What advice would you have for running an effective experiment just to get that feedback?
0: Yeah. So the biggest thing, whenever you're running an experiment, which I mean, all marketing is an experiment. <laughs> uh, I think you really need to focus on the two different, two or three different ideas that you have, right? Like, for example, when I was going into this online education space, I had multiple different ideas for an online course that I could create, right? So one of them was I had worked with a lot of e-commerce businesses. So one of the ideas that I had was teaching e-commerce businesses how to run Facebook and Instagram ads. Another idea was teaching people how to basically build their own side hustles, running Facebook and Instagram ads for small and local businesses like I have. Um, So I put these ideas together and then I thought through, okay, who are my ideal clients for each of these? What are their biggest pain points, right? Like what are their biggest wants and desires? And always going like a level deeper, right? Like they don't just want sales, right? They they want sales because of what? What are, what are those sales actually going to do for them, right? Uh, and then... Putting together, you know, high level. What is my story? How did I figure this out? How can I help them? And then really just putting that into the copy of an ad. And then we actually use Facebook lead form ads to kind of indicate interest. So it's someone can just automatically put in their name, email address if they become like a lead, you don't have to create a sales funnel or anything like that, but they are still having to take an action and they're showing you that they're willing to learn more about what you have to offer by handing over their email address. So that's really what we do is really thinking about what are our ideas out of those people? What are their pain points? What are their big wants and desires? How how can I connect with them through my story? And then putting those in front of different types of audiences using Facebook lead formats. I love this. That was just a masterclass on <laughs> using Facebook
1: for um, feedback at scale to test yeah. out your your ideas. So I love that. And only a couple hundred dollars, which is great yeah. um, to test out instead of putting something in market. That, because I see this very often with founders is that We will tinker behind something, only get a couple people, like you said earlier, that one customer that said, oh, my God, this would be amazing. And it's just like, when it comes like to the date you launch it, where is that person? Probably quiet, right? Not really doing much. So you did this for yourself. Yep. After you ran this experiment for yourself, what Mm -hmm. did you find and who did you find was your Hell Yes customer?
0: Yeah, so my... When I launched my first, like, successful online course, my hell yes customer was a millennial female who, uh, was college educated who hated corporate world like I did. (laughs) You know, they were like, I did all the right things, right? Like I went to school. I got a good job. And now I'm in a job that I don't really enjoy. That's not fulfilling. I have student loan debt, right? I'm not making the money that I wanted to be making, Um, and then on top of that, maybe either has a family or is starting to think about having a family and realizing like working 60 hours a week and having a family is not what they want or their life to look like. So that was really like my hell yes customer, and honestly, it still really is. It's just kind of giving uh different uh options on how to achieve that mm-hmm.
1: i love this it's like there's always been that person what is it lu like lula rose you're obviously not a lula rose or anything but there is i'm going somewhere with this everyone she is <laughs> not building a ponzi scheme no. uh, they were in no. a ponzi scheme they were just kind of yeah. kind of a pyramid yeah. um but targeting those people that are saying what you want that flexibility and a lot of i mean these mlm groups have popped up in the past you know decade because it's trying to address this very thing it's like i need more flexibility i do not want to have to sacrifice my family but i also want to earn you know in, in my life and there's nothing wrong with the you know people that stay home male or female that are like well i want my role to just be this being the caretaker But there's so many, especially modern day, where they're like, I want this. And then you have these MLMs where it actually shows that a good majority are making no money. They're investing and losing money. And so it's so interesting that you have these courses where it's like, what is my specific expertise? I don't need to buy in to help someone else get rich. I'm actually going to focus on here's what I do and do well. And who can I serve? Who also wants this thing? That's right. so interesting. I thought immediately of that. Um, and Lula, Lula Rose came up because I'm like, that's that woman. <laughs> a yeah. lot of those women were like, I want that. I, I'm, you know, a go-getter and I want my own business, but I also am a mama, you know, all these different things. So yeah. do you continue today and throughout the growth of this company, and we're going to go into like the growth you've had, but mm-hmm. do you still use... Ads as your acquisition strategy. Have you diversified to date? Yes.
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. And still to date, the majority of our acquisition is all through ads. So uh, you know we've done now over a million dollars in revenue every year for the last four years. I work two days a week. I have zero employees. I have a handful of contractors that work for me. And in the last three years, I've had two kids. So I feel like I also like walk the walk, you know, like I'm not out here just saying, hey, you can have this like I, I live it, right. Um And one of the best ways that I'm able to do that is using paid advertising as our main lead generator. So and I, again, kind of going back to your very initial comment of we need to not, compare ourselves because we don't know the full history. Like I have been running Facebook ads since 2012. So I have... Oh, gee. A, yeah. Oh, so like, gee. I, I, <laughs> when you can just do like the page fan, like... Do you remember that? <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm very comfortable with it. And I, I personally really like paid advertising because it's so much more predictable than organic marketing, right? I pretty much know that if I put a certain amount of dollars into paid ads, that I'm going to get a certain amount of sales. And I've really focused on automating as much as my business as possible. Right. Now that being said, we are, as part of the 2023 planning meeting, like we are starting to diversify how we're bringing in leads focusing on other things like even pr like being on this podcast right but doing it in a way that again is still kind of aligned with that lifestyle that i really want to have which is being you know a very successful entrepreneur but also having that flexibility and family life that i want to Hey there friend, I wanted to take a pause real fast to talk about the tech stress of building out your online business. Now, if you are looking for the simplest way to start, grow, and manage your online course, membership, or coaching program, look no further than Kajabi. Kajabi is the number one tool that I use in my business. It has everything that you need to sell and deliver your program. From landing pages and sales pages to checkout and collecting payment to email and creating sequences and also housing all of the content that you are delivering to your paying members and students. Kajabi has it all and you can get started today with a free 30-day trial by going to anaconchar.com slash free month. Now, I tried lots of different tools before I finally decided to make the leap to Kajabi, and I can tell you it is well worth the investment. I no longer have to try to get all of these different softwares to talk to each other. I am no longer overwhelmed with the tech stress, and not only that, but Kajabi has the best support. You can get on with their support team via the chat anytime that you are coming across a problem or are needing help in understanding how to use their technology. Kajabi really is the best of the best when it comes to hosting and delivering your online course membership or coaching program, and I could not recommend it more. If you want to check it out and you want to see the power that Kajabi can be, go to Anna Conchar.com slash free month for your free 30-day trial. Again, that's AnnaConchar.com slash free month.
1: I love this. And you know, I I want to be proven wrong here, Anna, so so much. Um I have said for the OG listeners, I have said so often that I actually do not believe in paid ads for most yep. early stage companies. Yep. When you get later in your journey. So for example, in my former business, you know, yep. we didn't start investing in ads until three, four years in. And by then it's because we had so much data on who our Hell Yes customer was, how they acted, you know, so we know- knew we could go really Low enough in the funnel with keywords to know we're not going to pay ridiculous, you know, cost per click just for someone who's looking for something very vague and they're not even, you know, coming to us and they're not going to convert. Right. So in what cases or what types of businesses in your experience do you feel paid ads early in the game? Like how you started works really well for? And do you have scenarios you've seen where you're like, ooh, that's probably not the best case. You probably need to just be a little bit more in the market. Or do you think that it can work for everyone? I, you might be like, Alex, actually, I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. (laughs) Wrong. And I am fine with that. I like, let me know. But I have historically seen so many entrepreneurs and, and a lot of that has to do with, to your point, you like marketing is an expertise and running ads is a whole different type of expertise. So, yeah, what would you say to like, are there certain types of businesses you feel like early stage it can work pretty well and others that it
0: doesn't? What are your thoughts? So I like I did the complete opposite, right, which I started my entire business using paid ads. And now we're going into the organic marketing. Were, and that's a lot of what I teach. because But it's because we start with the data right? So you were saying it took you three years to figure out who is your hell yes customer? What do they really want? What should we be focusing on? And then you're investing in paid ads to make sure that you um, are connecting with the right people and not wasting money. Where for me, I'm like, okay, if we can from the get-go use Facebook and Instagram ads and paid advertising to gather that data in a lot quicker way... Then we almost know from the beginning who is that person and how can we connect with them. That being said, I would say, um, you have to know who your person is, like period. Whether you are doing organic marketing or paid marketing, any sort of marketing, yes. they are you have to know who your person is. So, you know, when I was doing one-on-one services and running paid ads for clients, typically if you were in that first year or two of business paid ads did not work really well. And the reason why is because of that exact thing is you don't know who your person is, right? Like I loved saying, you know, you work with a restaurant and the restaurant owner will tell you, well, everyone is needs to be knowing about us because everyone needs to eat. (laughs) (laughs) But not everyone likes Thai food. (laughs) But I mean, that's how a lot of business owners think when they're first starting out, right? Where it's actually, you're going to see more growth focusing on a very specific person and a very specific message and growing that way instead of trying to be everything to everyone. So Mm -hmm. I think paid ads can work whether you're just starting out or you're 10 years into it or even 20 years. But to get them to work, you have to know who you're talking to and be able to connect with them really well. Because when you're thinking about organic marketing, right, someone is really getting to like, know, and trust you before they buy. They might follow you on social. They might be introduced to your brand or your product through like an influencer. It might be a referral from a friend and then eventually they become a customer. When you're using paid ads, it's a lot... Most of the time, unless you are a really big brand, it's more direct response marketing. So you're wanting to connect with someone and then see that conversion as quick as possible. Now, typically for almost any business, only 1% to 3% of people who you know see your paid ads are going to convert very quickly. Which isn't a bad thing because now you have 97% of your leads that you can nurture. And like I have people on my email list who have sat on my email list for three years and then finally buy. They are still value as valuable as the person who buys right away. Um, but when you're using paid ads and investing that money, you do want to be able to see kind of that quicker return. And in order to do that, you have to be able to speak to your ideal customer in a really strong way. So they immediately feel that connection with you, your brand, your product. They feel like it's for them. And, you know, it was magic putting you two together. (laughs) I love this.
1: Anna, you're breaking down the funnel. Okay, let's keep going. So this is already a masterclass from Anna, y'all. So you start with, we're testing out this ad. First, we need to know clearly who we're serving. So we're not just uh, having a money pit, right? So we know who we're serving. Now we put up a, an ad just to test that thesis, yeah. a hypothesis. And then we see who converts. I love that you said 1% to 3%. I think in sales and marketing, there are a lot of founders and un- don't understand benchmarks. So yeah. they're like, 100%. <laughs> it's like, that's never the case. I don't yeah. know any business. And they don't realize how low it is. Mm-hmm. They don't realize how low. And they're like, oh, my God. So. One to 3%. Great. Now, to prepare them for conversion, right? Because it's not just the ad. That is like the little carrot, right? Right. It is. We want to get you in. Can you talk to what are those mechanisms they need to have in place to convert those people? Because now they need to go to the next step. What are we doing? And then and to your point, you said some people sit on the list for three years. So can you walk us through your process of we have the ad. Is it then they go to a landing page and then this and then that. So then founders can really understand how they need to be thinking through their conversion funnel. So they're not just putting ads up. They're actually being really intentional about it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because no one is going to see an ad and immediately purchase like ever. Amen. Never. Never. Consumers, like think about
1: yourself. Like I have never seen an ad and immediately purchase. I do right. have some really crazy friends that are like that off of like weird, cheap Instagram stuff. Um, right. But it's like super cheap stuff. It's like five bucks. And they're like, oh I don't really care. But for the most part, no, they're not converting immediately. They're searching around. I'll keep a tab on my phone for like a week or whatever. Right. So yes, yes, I love that you called that out.
0: Yeah. So the ad is just the carrot to get the to stop the scroll and to find out more information, right? So when for, for our business, we're selling online courses and memberships. That being said, you can use a very similar sales funnel to sell a service or to sell a software. Um, but the key for me in business and really being able to continue to grow without working all the time is truly automation right? So the great thing about Facebook and Instagram ads is they run 24-7, right? So that's automated. From the Facebook and Instagram ads, we send people over to a landing page or an opt-in page where we invite them to either a free training or a free webinar or a free masterclass. They're all the same thing to learn more about the thing that we are going to help them with, right? Um, and that's where they enter their information, their first, and we only do first name and email address. If you do more than that, each line item that you add, it's going to increase your cost per lead by at least 30%. So even if you ask oh, them wow. for their last name, okay, that's going to increase your cost per lead by 30%. So wow. if you want to lower your number of leads, you have to ask for as little as information as possible for you to follow up with them. So then we, then they're given access to our webinar training masterclass. And I am a huge fan of webinars because they are basically scalable sales calls, right? I mean, truly. Yeah. So you're going to provide value. But what's great is when you use a webinar, you're able to introduce yourself, introduce whatever is your, you are selling. But most importantly, it gives you a chance within a 60-minute window, basically, to introduce who you are, build rapport with this cold person who's never heard of you before, right? Get them to like, know, and trust you. Show them that you are an expert and understand what they want and you can help them get them there. Introduce your offer, what you're actually selling, and overcome objections. All in like 60 minutes and it's automated. <laughs> Um, now if you're selling like a big ticket item, like a soccer or something, then at the end of that webinar, you might want to invite them to like a sales call. Right. But even if you do that, it's so much better than just a cold lead because now someone has sat on this 60 minute webinar and they are already way warmer than they would have been if you had just cold called them. Amen. So after the training, we then follow up with a automated email sales sequence. We create urgency using different techniques and why they should buy now instead of being what you said earlier, which is just like a tab open on my browser that sits there for a month. Like you have to give people a reason to buy now, to take action now. It's just as humans, we need that. And then if they do purchase and they become a student of ours... Then we have an automated onboarding sequence. Again, a high converting sales funnel, like I'm talking about, you're only going to convert 1% to 3% of people. So that means I would have at least 97% of leads who come into my world who don't actually purchase right away. So they go onto our email list and we have an automated nurture email sequence, Um depending on the program that we have it can be anywhere from eight weeks to six months
1: so again wow so a sequence for six to eight months and how often are you sending those emails one a week one a week everyone go look at and is we'll drop her her website but go look at her emails and get it for those six days
0: well and it's because again you know just because someone doesn't convert right away, it doesn't mean that there's actually anything wrong with your marketing or sales funnels. It could be they're on vacation, right, or their kid gets sick, or right now it just isn't the right or time. It's not That's the doesn't. right time.
1: It's just so not at right the
0: right time. It's okay, but that doesn't mean that you should just give up on them. Like then you build up a, a, an entire audience that you can sell to at a later date. So, for example, like we just did a Black Friday sale. And we used no ads. We didn't even post on social media about it. I sent four emails to my email list and we did over $40,000 in sales in 48 hours.
1: Yes, queen. I love this. I love so four. So this is amazing because it's saying, hey, yeah, that 97%, we're going to get... So from the 1% to 3%, is that 1% to 3% from the Facebook Legion, right? And those are the ones probably you're getting their, their, their emails. And of yep. that percentage, that one to 3%, what are you seeing majority wise are, are converting to become your customers? That's the one to 3% are who converting into customers right away. Into customers. Okay. Great. So then yep. once let's go back to the webinar for, yep. for, cause we get this question from founders all the time because they're trying to do webinars for distribution, yeah. right? It's great. You can talk to many people at one time. And we do it a lot. I get you done. We do it with other communities and it's great. You know, we offer something of value and then they're like, wow, if I got all this in just this time. Imagine what else. So yeah. you said you automate it. Yeah. A, how often are you doing these webinars? And is it a pre-recorded video? Like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, it is a pre-recorded video. And I always use slides, so it's a fast-paced presentation, right? You don't want to, like, sit on a slide for 20 minutes because people get bored and leave. Um, so it needs to be a pretty fast. So in a 60-minute presentation, I for sure have over 100 slides, right? Um, I also... 100 slides. Wow. How- and sometimes it's just images, just like it doesn't yep. really have anything. And yep. keeping people's attention span, you know, Um I want to make sure that they're being attentive and we're, we're getting, keeping them excited and interested. And we do that by, you know, flip. It's not like it's this, these huge massive slides. It's just, it could be one point on a slide. And even just that little tiny transition helps people stay engaged. Like, Oh, I wonder what's next. Oh, I wonder what's next. Oh, I wonder what's next. Right. I'm also a really big fan of when you record a webinar doing it in a way that if you're using slides, also having your face on it. So using something even like a Zoom or Loom. So again, because if someone's watching the slides, they also can see, even if your face is this little tiny thing in the corner, right? You're still a human and you're still... Personable. Yes, to connect with them in a deeper way, even just from adding that little tiny thing. The other thing that I will say that I see when it comes to webinars is I think people actually change them too often. So if you have something that is working, don't fix something that is not broken, right? Amen. We have, I have a webinar running right now that is almost two years old. It, it was recorded before my youngest was even born and she's 18 months old. Wow. Okay. So, and that's because it's like, I recorded it in a way that it, we, if it works, it's going to continue to work. Right. Yeah. And if it continues to work, we don't need to fix it. (laughs) Right. I love this. And it's so easy
1: to to just start tinkering on things that didn't need. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think we do that as entrepreneurs because Mm -hmm. we're creative. We come up with ideas. We want to try something new and that's great. But if you want to try something new, don't take down what's working, just do a test outside of that, right? Because um, again, if something is working, leave it, let it be, let it do everything that it can for you and then test your ideas in another kind of like test play area, right? Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that I see also when it comes to webinars is that oftentimes in them people are actually teaching too much. So I think the webinar should be about the why and introducing why the thing that you are selling is the answer to getting to what they want and desire instead of teaching the how. Does that make sense? So for example, yep. like in yep. when, if I was going to do a webinar about Facebook ads, I wouldn't teach how to get started with Facebook ads, right? I would teach how to get consistent sales in your business without constantly having to post on social media. Says nothing about Facebook and Instagram ads, right? I'm talking about what do they actually want? They actually want sales, predictable, consistent sales without having to like Constantly create content, fight the algorithm, figure out the new, latest, greatest audio and TikTok and Reels, right? And then in the webinar, introducing why Facebook and Instagram ads are the answer to achieving this thing that they want to achieve. And then introducing the offer of learning about how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah.
1: Anna, this is amazing. So... When you're doing these webinars, because you said they're they're running. So what happens when you, because it sounds like they get the recording. And I've seen this before where they can select and they pick their time and then they show yeah. up. So yes. what happens? Because I've always had this inkling. I'm like, are these real comments? Are these, you know, is this software? Yeah. And it is what it is. Where I'm like, as That's long as I'm getting the info I need, I'm not really right. there to build community with the other yeah. people there. Um uh, yeah. What happens when people have questions and they're coming to this and they, like, oh, uh, if you were at a Zoom webinar, you're expecting to be able to talk to people. How do you, how do you streamline that?
0: Yeah. So I actually don't do the like fake live webinars that that's like, yes, love uh, that. I like truly once someone opts in, you get immediate access to the video to watch it there. It is truly pre-recorded. I don't pretend to be interacting with people who are not there. Um, but basically, within the webinar, I cover like frequently asked questions, right? And this is a great place to overcome any objections that you think people will have from purchasing your program. And then underneath the video, we just have a button to literally send me a message on Instagram or Facebook to ask any questions that you have. I know that's genius. Easy peasy. I'm all about Simple.
1: Simplific- you know what that. simple is sexy and scalable sure. that is like yeah. the best companies the most valuable companies in the world like it's it's so funny i always have a sidebar with my friends who are engineers love androids yes they love an android apple is the most of uh, like literally the most valuable company the world has ever seen right and are there Actual products from a technical perspective superior to Android, actually they're not. But what they do is they simplify your life. I don't need all the gadgets and the gadgets and the things. I don't, I want simple. Just get me to what I need on my phone and make it look sexy. Yep. But I digress. So absolutely, simple is so sexy. I do want to hop in because you have been able, you know, four years consistently, you have um, scale this company to a million per year. You work two days per week. You have mm-hmm. two kiddos since you've launched this business. Um, and it, it brings up for me a um, in the startup world, small business world, I would say more startup is we make lifestyle bad. And mm-hmm. for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with lifestyle whatsoever. The goal for get you done is really how do we redefine what scale means? Mm-hmm. Because, You have a highly scalable business, highly scalable. And you're like, but I can still have the life I want, right? And so how are you able to manage that? Because we've seen things like four-day work week and so many people are like, I love this in theory. How the hell can I even get there? So can you walk us through what was your progression to getting to that point? And what were the things that you had to put in place for you to be able to run your business two days a week?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. So the very first thing that I did was reinvest in my business, right? So when I was working in like my corporate nine to five consulting job, um, I was using some of my income that I was making from that to fund things like building my website for my business, right? Then when I was offering one-on-one services, I was using the income from my one-on-one services to fund things like working with a coach, learning how to build out these marketing sales funnels, and then using that income to fund my first paid ads, right? Um, and then truly, like the first few months that I was had an online course, everything that I was making, I was reinvesting into paid ads so that I could grow the number of leads that I was getting and build up that audience to sell to, right? So I think that's number one. Number two is I always prioritize money-making activities in my business. Always. And (laughs) And those two things to me are growing the number of leads that I have and then serving our current clients really well. So those are the t- two things. Um, uh, acquisition
1: and retention.
0: Yes. yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I think because I do think that and honestly, I've struggled with this even when I went to work for myself like full time is in kind of the corporate world or entrepreneurial world. Like we think busy is like what you're supposed to be. And you're I not-
1: work 80 hours a week. Right. And I'm like, are you proud of that? Right. <laughs> are we proud of 80? That, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and that's the thing is I'm like, "You're what are you working 80 hours a week for? Week four. There's no reason for you to work 80 hours. Like, no. honestly, if you're working 80 hours a week, like to me, when I hear people say that, I'm like, you're doing something wrong. Yes. Like glamorizing that does not mean that you are a better entrepreneur. It actually means that you're probably a like entrepreneur that's on the brink of burnout. Or yes. actually already burnt out.
0: Yes. So I think that's the biggest thing is, I mean, truly focusing on money-making activities, reinvesting my business, and also just remembering why you're even doing this. And I think, again, for me, I really started my business because I didn't want to have to choose between having a career, being successful, and being the parent and having the lifestyle that I wanted. That's why I created the business that I have today and why I have built it the way I have today. Everyone's version of success is going to look different. But you need to remember what yours is. Otherwise, you will get lost in that just like busy, trying to be productive just to be productive lifestyle. I
1: love this. I love this. So
0: you have
1: built this really awesome business, you have built it around when we say your own terms, I think you you see that a lot of that type of marketing, right? And we even say to get you done. But for us, it's like, truly, you have to be intentional about what you want to build, not how everyone else is doing it. And I see so many entrepreneurs, including myself, like I have gone through so many bouts of burnout, because we're all socializing the same shit. And Mm -hmm. so it's saying, how do I truly build on my own terms? And I think you're a great representation of that saying, I left this corporate world and I did this and I did not build a company to be a slave to my own company. (laughs) And I created boundaries and it's still a success, right? And it's a success for how I define it. And it's still scaled all of those things. So what would you say has been one of your biggest mistakes to date building this business? And this is always a tough one because people are like, oh God, I have a laundry list. but. If you can think of the one that really just like top of mind where you're like huge mistake, but also made me a better leader, which what do you think that is?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest mistake that I made, which actually goes back to something that we talked about earlier, was listening to the loudest person in the room. So oh, I've done that. Ugh. I mean, <coughs> it. We had a. You know, I the very first uh, online course that I had, super successful, still run it today. And we had some of our students kind of asking for something else. And instead of following the process that I know, I teach, i used, I built something that they said they wanted, right? I spent a year building it. It sold. It was fine. It did all right. But it didn't have the scalability that I wanted when it comes to building new products and growing my business. It just was not... It it was a lot of time and money into something that I didn't actually really want to build and that didn't actually really fit with our company. We just listened to a few loud voices. And I think that is probably one of the biggest mistakes because we did put so much focus and energy into this product that wasn't a right fit um when we could have been focusing on what we knew would be a better way for us to grow that shiny object syndrome oh, and happens everywhere
1: and the thing is like you know sometimes we get so ashamed of it especially yeah. when you've been growing and an entrepreneur for a while and it's like i should know better but it's like no you don't know all of these things like i've yeah. done that oh my goodness it's a, a whole thing i remember we did a Episode with Archelle Bernard. Um, if you go back to that episode, she talks about how she went from like 25 K to 250 K in the pandemic. And yeah. one of her biggest mistakes was literally from a customer who said, Oh my God, I would love swimwear. And then she spent all this time on swimwear. And then when she actually launched crickets and she was like, the person that said they wanted it didn't <laughs> even come for it. Right. He was like, what a distraction. Um. So I love this. That's, that's. I think that's so. I think that's so relatable. So one of our models, I get shit done because we have a potty mouths with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Is fuck four percent is one of our mottos. Yes. and we say that because women own now it's forty nine percent of companies. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. um. But hell no to the fact that we only produce about four percent of total revenues. Yes. And you got in this company past where most women entrepreneurs have not been able to get yet which is only 1.7% actually scale to the million-dollar mark and beyond. So mm-hmm. based on what you're focused on today to get them, the company to the next level, yeah. what does that look like now? You mentioned that a little earlier in the episode. You're really excited about 2023. Are there yeah. things that you're like, this thing in the business I think is going to take us to that next level I'm excited about?
0: Yeah, so... You know, over the last few years, we've been really focused on our online courses and memberships. And in this coming next year, we are giving, pr- introducing a new level of membership that I think is really going to help us grow. Uh, because we're going to be able to give people kind of that next level support. So oftentimes with online courses and memberships, you're kind of given access to content and sometimes you're given access to like a Facebook community, maybe some coaching. Well, we are taking our Powered by Passive Academy, which is what teaches you how to do your own online course and membership. And we're actually going to be offering kind of a VIP level, which is what we're calling it, which is going to combine pretty much like that course and membership with a consulting and marketing agency. So you're going to be getting Facebook and Instagram ad support. You're going to be getting individualized feedback on what you're putting together. Because I think what I'm about as an entrepreneur is you can listen to all of the content and you can take all of the courses, but actually having someone to like bounce ideas off of and get feedback from someone who's not in the weeds like you are is to me has been like the golden ticket to creating things that are really successful. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to be doing in the next year and in the next phase of our business. So I'm really excited to be offering that. And I think it's going to really take us to the next level and our clients to the next level. I love that for
1: you. So
0: then based
1: on what you're focused on to get to the next level, how can people listening in support you in achieving
0: that goal? Yeah, absolutely. So you can. Find me at AnnaKonchar, K-O-N-C-H-A-R.com. Um, or you can learn more about our Powered by Passive Academy at PoweredByPassiveAcademy.com as well. Hey there, friend. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, then you have to check out the Powered by Passive Academy. It is my monthly membership program that teaches you how to make passive income every single day by building and growing your own online course or membership. Join me over at poweredbypassiveacademy.com to learn more and get started today.